The past six months have seen the way that many people work change dramatically, with home offices becoming the new normal for significant sections of the workforce. It seems that many of us will be working from home or adopting a hybrid pattern of working partly from home and partly from the office for the foreseeable future. This change in working practices has also brought about a significant change in how we communicate with an increasing amount of our communication taking place by video call, as well as email, instant messenger and WhatsApp, and face-to-face -face contact becoming the exception rather than the norm. Social interaction has also changed with virtual end-of-week drinks replacing the traditional Friday night at the pub with colleagues. I'm Nick Marshall, a Managing Associate in the Linklaters Employment and Incentives team in London, and I'm joined today by Sinead Casey, a partner in our team, and Associate Beth Parker. In this session, we'll be exploring the impact that the move to a more remote working environment may have on workplace culture in future, and some of the key issues that may arise in relation to bullying, harassment and whistleblowing in the new virtual workplace. So Sinead, what particular challenges might employers face in relation to workplace culture as a result of the shift towards more remote working? Well, I think we can all agree that this is a particularly challenging time for employers. Businesses are operating a range of working models at the moment, depending on their requirements. Some businesses have needed their employees to attend the workplace in person throughout. Some have been able to operate with most or all employees working from home. At the moment, many businesses are operating with a hybrid model with employees partly home-based and partly office-based. Working patterns may vary greatly within businesses and even within teams. The situation is obviously also very changeable at the moment and employers will be subject to the government's latest advice on whether employees should attend the office if they can work from home. I think one of the key challenges for employers is ensuring that working remotely does not lead to a less respectful working environment. It's important to ensure appropriate managerial supervision and support in circumstances where overseeing employees has become more indirect and the lines between work and home life are increasingly blurred. In particular, it's important to be mindful that this has the potential to create an environment where inappropriate behaviour can go unnoticed and unchecked for longer and where people can feel perhaps less willing to raise issues at an early stage. And Beth, do you think we will see issues of inappropriate behaviour, bullying and harassment increasing as a result of the change in working arrangements? Well, inappropriate behaviour, bullying and harassment can all arise in remote working scenarios. So while there may not necessarily be an overall increase, employers should be prepared for a change in the way such behaviours may arise and how they might also be reported or otherwise picked up. Working from home can feel like a more casual environment than the office, and that might lead employees to say or do things on email or video conference that they would not have done in person. At the moment, employees will be having many one-to-one -one conversations by telephone or video conference, which won't be overlooked by others as they might have been in an office environment. It is possible that an employee might feel that he or she can get away with inappropriate comments outside of the earshot of other colleagues. There will also be no managerial oversight or even other colleagues to catch or see immediate reactions to communication, for example, that they have caused distress, in the same way as might happen where conversations have happened in person. 
And the absence of in-person communications also means body language can't be read as easily, and communications might be misconstrued in a way they wouldn't otherwise have been. In addition, working remotely makes it harder to know what the rest of your team is doing. And this could give rise to misconceptions which may not have arisen in person, such that someone is being passed up for work or working harder than the rest of their team. If you do have a mix within your team of those who are attending the office and those who are not, this might be particularly difficult to manage. Those who are attending in person might feel that they're working harder, and those who are at home might feel that they're being passed over for work or left out. And indeed, that may be true, as it may be easier to intentionally or unintentionally exclude or isolate someone in a remote working context. Without being together in person, it's inevitably harder to have informal discussions about situations which have arisen, which makes it harder to nip situations in the bud. Issues may go unchecked for longer and become bigger problems than otherwise would be the case if they were discussed and resolved at an early stage. I completely agree, Beth. I think those are all really important points for employers to consider. Um, I think the other point that we can't overlook is the general mental health toll of COVID and the impact that this might have. This is going to affect different people in different ways and at different stages. Outside of the office environment, people might feel less willing to say that they're struggling and the signals that a person is having a difficult time, which might have been picked up in person, won't necessarily be as obvious when communicating remotely. I think also working from home might mean that an employee doesn't feel like they're getting a mental break from work or from issues that they might be having at work. Without that physical distance and separation of work and home life, some issues might feel amplified. That's a great point. And employers clearly need to be aware of the ways in which bullying and harassment and other culture issues can arise in a remote working environment. So Sinead, what can employers do to address these risks? So we're advising that you should be reminding employees of the policies and procedures that you have in place, your workplace values and the expected standards of behaviour as well as, of course, communicating to, with employees to ensure they understand that these policies continue to apply in a remote working environment with any necessary modifications. So take the opportunity to look at your policies and procedures, consider whether a refresh is needed, including to ensure they're updated to reflect the new working environment and the issues and considerations that this may give rise to, including things like the increased use of technology at the moment. I think you might also want to consider whether you put in place additional measures such as managers setting aside an hour or more a week for a drop-in clinic for employees to call and chat about any issues they may be having. Perhaps also an alternative forum for smaller gripes to be raised informally, as well as thinking about whether any broader changes are needed, such as whether your employee monitoring arrangements are sufficient to deal with current circumstances. On that last point, it's really important to be careful to ensure that your employee monitoring procedures are proportionate, reasonable and consistent because micromanagement of an employee can amount to bullying and harassment in itself. So if you're targeting one employee for excessive monitoring, for example, a working mother who a manager may assume may be caring for children while working, that could lead to a discrimination or harassment claim. It will be helpful to provide training to your managers about managing a remote or partly remote workforce. This is, of course, an unprecedented situation and understandably, many of those in management may feel they need additional guidance on how they should be dealing with it. Yes, and most employers will have whistleblowing and speaking up policies and procedures in place. 
Beth, can those types of policies be used to pick up the issues that we're seeing at the moment? Robust whistleblowing policies and procedures will absolutely remain an important item in an employer's arsenal when dealing with workplace concerns. Um, it's important to draw a distinction between the types of issues that should be addressed as an individual grievance or as a whistleblowing complaint, however. Whistleblowing policies and procedures are designed to pick up and address compliance issues that have a public interest element, rather than purely individual grievances. So, for example, an individual's concerns that they're being passed over for opportunities is more likely to fall within the scope of your grievance policies rather than your whistleblowing policies. That distinction aside, as with bullying and harassment, the new working environment may well mean that the way in which whistleblowing concerns are raised or spotted changes. For example, as was mentioned earlier, with informal conversations happening less frequently, issues might be raised later down the line once they've become intolerable for the employee, unless you've put in place some channels for employees to raise issues more informally. Disclosures might also be raised differently, for example, in a light touch manner over email. And employers need to have measures in place to ensure so far as possible that disclosures aren't being missed just because they're being raised in a different way. We mentioned training for managers earlier, and I think an important part of that training should be to give managers the tools to foster an open culture and recognise when employees are raising an issue. So as well as reviewing and updating their bullying, harassment and grievance policies and procedures, to account for the uh, remote or hybrid model workforce, it sounds as though employers should also be thinking about reviewing and, if necessary, updating their whistleblowing policies. Yes, I think that's correct. As with bullying and harassment policies, now is a good opportunity to take a look at your whistleblowing arrangements and consider whether a refresh is needed, including updates that are needed to reflect the new working environment. For example, you might want to consider whether the current avenues that you have in place for raising concerns are appropriate in a more virtual world. If you don't already have a secure digital platform or email where employees can raise whistleblowing concerns, now might be the time to put that in place. Similarly, with informal conversations happening less frequently, are there any more informal channels that can be put in place for employees to raise concerns? For example, could individuals be appointed as speak up champions and act as a sounding board for employees with concerns? The effectiveness of whistleblowing policies and procedures and other speak up avenues is in part dependent on the workforce being aware of them. With both employers and employees getting increasingly used to the new normal of remote or partly remote working, it could be a good time to remind employees of the policies and procedures in place the avenues available to them to speak up and raise concerns. And employees should also be encouraged to remain alert to potential issues, even when working remotely, and to feel comfortable raising any concerns. Finally, it's also important to ensure that whistleblowing disclosures, along with individual grievances and allegations of bullying and harassment, are properly investigated and aren't delayed, postponed, or simply forgotten due to the changes in working arrangements and the other new and unexpected pressures caused by the pandemic. Thanks Sinead, and we'll be looking at some of the practical difficulties employers face when investigating and dealing with complaints and carrying out investigations in our next and final podcast in this series. In the meantime, Beth, what are the key takeaways for employers who are looking to manage workplace culture and bullying and harassment in current circumstances? 
Well, with more of us working remotely and potentially on a long-term basis, the ways in which bullying and harassment takes place and the nature of individual workplace grievances is likely to change. With such issues becoming more difficult to spot at an early stage and employees potentially finding it more difficult to raise concerns about such conduct in an informal manner, which could mean that issues are only reported at a later stage and once they've become intolerable. Similarly, employees may find it harder to raise whistleblowing concerns in the way they would have done before the pandemic, with later disclosure again being a risk. With this in mind, employers should consider reviewing, refreshing and republicising their policies and procedures, including to address the changes to their ways of working as a result of the pandemic. And further, thought should be given to providing training to managers on managing a remote workforce, including tips on identifying and handling workplace concerns, whether they be individual grievances or broader whistleblowing disclosures. Sinead and Beth, thanks so much for joining me today. We hope this podcast has been a helpful summary of the culture challenges that employers might face with their workforce as a result of the pandemic. Join us tomorrow when I'll be speaking with Nicola Rabson, a partner in our team, and Judith Sutton, Managing Associate, about some of the practical difficulties employers face when investigating complaints and carrying out disciplinary procedures remotely, including the dangers of covert recordings and also confidentiality, as well as the question of whether remote investigations and hearings are here to stay. Thank you.